0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: This once prosperous, blessed, fruitful land will become a wasteland. The people will hiss when they see it. You know what that means? People will see it and go, "Shh! wow, what happened here? And the answer is they forsook their God. You know, people are going to say, I've always heard that this land is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a wasteland now. They turned their backs on their God. That's what happened.
0: As Pastor Dan continues his teaching series through the book of Jeremiah, he'll be reminding you of the importance to live a repentant life as a follower of Jesus. God is a loving God, and because He loves you, He chastises you as a father. If you're walking out of step with the boundaries God has clearly set for you in His Word, you can't be shocked when you reap the consequences. The land of Israel was supposed to be a land flowing with milk and honey, but at times they choose to live in the filth of sin. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 18 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: of our sins, we avert the judgment of God. We avoid it. In 1 John, it says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and then to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. And I want you to notice a word here in verse 7 and again in verse 9, the word instant there. The word instant in verse 7. The instant I speak concerning a nation. Uh, your your translation might say, "If at any time," and the idea here is uh, the instant a nation repents of their evil, or at any time a nation repents, or an individual repents of their evil, God will will uh, withhold His judgment. God will alter His response to that nation. For us as individuals, the instant we repent. All of our sin is put under the blood of Jesus Christ. We're forgiven of our sins. We're reconciled to God in that instant. In that instant. There's not some kind of probationary period. There's not some trial time that we have to go through. The moment that you repent and you call upon the name of the Lord. And you confess your sins. Forgiveness. You know the word confess it just means to agree with. That we agree with God. Uh, If, you know, if I, to illustrate that, if I were to say, man, it's really humid outside and you were to say, yes, it's humid out. You just confess that it's humid. You agreed with me. And when it comes to our sin, if we confess our sin. If what, if, if God, if what we're doing, God says is wrong and we shouldn't do it and we agree with him. You know what, God, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't be doing this. It's wrong in your eyes. I've agreed with him. I've confessed my sin. And once I acknowledge that to God and I and I put my trust in Jesus Christ, all of my sins are forgiven instantly in an instant at the moment. You know, I love what it says in Psalm 86, verse five, it says God is ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive. He want, he, he waits for us to repent and the instant that we do, he forgives. He stands ready to forgive anyone. It turns to him through Jesus Christ. Now in verse 12, we see the response of the people of Judah to Jeremiah's message. Here's their answer to what Jeremiah is saying here. In verse 12, they say, That is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans and we will, everyone, obey the dictates of his evil heart. The people say, that is hopeless, or Jeremiah, don't waste your breath. Don't waste your breath with us. They they were not going to listen to Jeremiah no matter what he said. Instead, they were set on continuing to live how they want to live, and following their own plans, and doing according to the dictates of their own hearts. And by the way, that's how most people are in the world. Bible says broad is the road that leads to destruction, and there are many on that path. And narrow is the road that leads to eternal life, and there are few that find it. The vast majority of people are on the broad road, and they're happy to be on the broad road. They have no desire to get on the narrow road. And they want to just do what they want to do, and follow their own plans, and follow the dictates of their own heart, and live the way that they want to live and just stay on that broad road. And so now look at God's response in verse 13. Therefore, thus says the Lord, ask now among the Gentiles, who has heard such things? The virgin of Israel has done a very horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow water of Lebanon, which comes from the rock of the field, Will the cold flowing waters be forsaken for strange waters? God says here in verse 13, search among the Gentile nations, search among the heathens, and you will not find one of them that abandoned their God. But, he, but the people of Yahweh have abandoned their God. He says, you're not going to find this even among the pagans, the heathens. They don't abandon their gods, but the people of Judah have abandoned their God and God calls it a very horrible thing. He says in verse fourteen. He talks about the you know the cold flowing waters from the mountains of of Lebanon. Here he speaks of that, and uh, you know that's where the headwaters of the Jordan River are uh, up in the mountains of of Lebanon. Uh, when we when we go to Israel, we we go up to the northern part of the country, up to the border with Lebanon, to Mount Hermon, and you see where the Jordan River begins. You see the rivers that formed and come together to make the Jordan River. They flow out of the mountains of, of Lebanon, and the water that comes out of those mountains, uh, it is cold, refreshing, and most of all, it's dependable. It's always flowing. It never fails. It never dries up. And, and, and here is the meaning of verse 14. Judah has forsaken their dependable God for gods that are not dependable. And God says, you can look anywhere else you want to look. You're never going to find another nation that's done this. A people that would forsake a dependable God for gods that are not dependable. He says in verse 15, their idols cause them to stumble in their ways. They have, uh, they have uh, gotten them off the right path. They're misguided by these false gods they've turned to. Verse 16 They have made the land desolate. He says to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and shake his head. People will be astonished at what has happened to Judah. This once prosperous, blessed, fruitful land will become a wasteland. The people will hiss when they see it. You know what that means? People will see it and go, shoo. Wow, what happened here? And the answer is they forsook their God. You know, people are going to say, I've always heard that that this land is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a wasteland now. What happened? They turned their backs on their God. That's what happened. All their prosperity, and understand this, all their prosperity came from their God. Yahweh blessed them. And when they abandoned Yahweh, he removed his Blessing Uh, in Jerusalem today on the temple mount where the Jewish temple once stood, there is now a Muslim shrine, the the, the dome of the rock that sits where the Jewish temple, the house of God once stood. Why is the dome of the rock there? Why isn't there a Jewish temple there? That's the place that God said he would put his name and put his temple. Why isn't the Jewish temple there anymore? Well, Jesus tells us why. He tells us in the, in the gospel of Luke. I'll just read it to you. You don't have to turn there. But Luke chapter 19, verse 42. When Jesus comes into Jerusalem for the last time, that last Passover, when he would be crucified. He begins to weep over the city and he says, If you had known, even you especially, in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. The reason there's no temple in Jerusalem today is because they rejected their Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now, if you ask a historian, they're going to give you some kind of political, historical answer. Well, the Muslims came in in the sixth century and they conquered and all. Yeah, that's true, but there's a spiritual reason behind it too. And the spiritual reason is they rejected Jesus Christ and they crucified him instead of receiving him. And Jesus predicted, he, he prophesied that the city would be devastated, and that not one stone would be left upon another, speaking of the temple. And guess what? The temple's not there anymore, just as Jesus predicted. And here in the Old Testament, the Lord says, this, your land is going to become just a, a wasteland. Well, people, people will be astonished when they see it. They're going to shake their heads when they see what has happened to this once prosperous, powerful, fruitful, wealthy land. He says in verse 17, I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. Now, in, in Israel, even still today, uh, in the early, uh, late spring, early summer, there is an east wind that blows. It comes out of the desert. It's very, very hot, very, very dry air that comes in, and it burns up all the vegetation within just a few days or a few weeks. Just fries everything. Usually comes in in early May. And so the land, which was once green and lush, it just becomes brown and burnt. And here he's, he's talking about that east wind, but he's, he's using it to describe Babylon, how Babylon will come into the land and they're just going to burn everything. They're just going to uh, destroy everything in the land. Verse 17 goes on, I will show them the back and not the face In the day of their calamity, they they have turned their backs on their God, Yahweh. And in the day when the Babylonians come, God will turn his back on them. You know, the opposite of that is true, too. The Bible says if we draw closer to God, he'll draw closer to us. They've abandoned God, and so God is abandoning them. But if we draw closer to God, God will draw closer to us.
0: We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend
1: a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message.
1: Now in verse 18, again, we have the response of the people of Judah to Jeremiah, then they said, come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah, for the law shall not perish from the priests, nor counsel from the wise, nor the words from the prophet. Come and let us attack him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. So what Jeremiah said to the people has aroused their anger, and they want to destroy him. And I think the You know, the lesson here is unrepentant sinners do not want to hear about the sovereignty of God or a coming judgment. They don't want to hear that. And so they want to destroy Jeremiah for telling them this. Just like with Jesus in the New Testament, you know, the religious leaders, they wanted to destroy Jesus. And what did they want to destroy him for? For speaking God's truth and for working miracles. I mean, what what is it about those things that they find so offensive, that they want to kill him. Uh, In fact, uh, you know, just this morning I was in the Gospel of Mark, just in my own personal reading. Uh, In Mark chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Jesus entered the synagogue again, probably the synagogue in Capernaum, and a man was there who had a withered hand, and so they, the religious leaders, watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they might, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered, withered hand, step forward, then he said to the crowd, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. For what? For healing a man's hand? For improving his quality of life, and now they want to kill him? They want to destroy him, they're plotting how to destroy him? You know, men, men love darkness, the Bible tells us. And they despise the light. There's no, there's no good reason why they would want to destroy Jesus for helping a man and healing him. Well, here, the people rejected Jeremiah. And they rejected Jeremiah because he's just telling them the truth. He's warning them that there's a judgment coming, and they don't want to hear it. In fact, in verse 18, they say, basically, hey, we, we've got plenty of priests. We've got plenty of counselors. We've got our own prophets. We don't need Jeremiah. And look at verse 18 again. They determined to attack him with their tongues. That is, they're going to destroy his reputation. They're going to slander him. They're going to to make false accusations against him. They're going to start a a smear campaign against Jeremiah to discredit him. How much has changed in the world in 2,500 years in politics, huh? They're going to destroy his reputation. So now look at Jeremiah's prayer. <laughs> Verse 19, Jeremiah now prays and says, Give heed to me, O Lord, and listen to the voice of those who contend with me. Do you hear what they're saying about me, Lord? Do you hear what they're going to do? Do you, see, do you hear how they're smearing my good name? Shall evil be repaid for good? For they have dug a pit for my life. Remember that I stood before you to speak good for them, to turn away your wrath from them. Jeremiah here, he tells us that he interceded on behalf of the people of Judah. He prayed that God would not pour out his wrath upon them. But now, now Jeremiah going to change his prayer a little bit. You know, he, he prayed that God would be merciful to them. But now he's not going to pray that anymore. Look what he says. Therefore, verse 21, deliver up their children to the famine and pour out their blood by the force of the sword. Let their wives become widows and bereaved of their children. Let let their men be put to death, their young men be slain by the sword and battle. Let a cry be heard from their houses when you bring a troop suddenly upon them, for they have dug a pit to take me and hidden snares for my feet. Yet, Lord, you know all their counsel, which is against me to slay me. Provide no atonement for their iniquity. Don't forgive their sins. Nor blot out their sin from your sight, but let them be overthrown before you. Deal thus with them in the time of your anger. That's quite a prayer, isn't it? That he prays for them. No more interceding for them. No more be merciful to them, Lord. Don't pour out your wrath upon them. Now he says, Lord, make them suffer. Make their children suffer. Uh, and very look down in verse 23. He asks God to punish them in the time of his anger. He, he didn't want God to be in a calm, forgiving mood when he judged the people. He wanted God to be angry and unhinged when he judges them. Let him have it, Lord. What do you think about that prayer? It reminds me of David's prayer. David prayed a similar prayer in Psalm fifty-eight. Listen to this: What David prayed, "Break their teeth in their mouth, O God." <laughs> Isn't that a great prayer? You never hear that in a worship song. Break their teeth, you know, in their mouth, O God. You know, you know, Jeremiah and David—they're both human beings, right? And they have, they have a similar nature to us. And they've been hurt by a people. And Jeremiah here, just like David, he responds like someone who's been hurt by people. And some, sometimes uh, sometimes a person who is hurt, they get angry, right? They get frustrated. And they, they vent their feelings. They vent their frustration. That's what Jeremiah's doing here. He, he's a person with, with like passions, just like us. He's not some kind of super spiritual saint who never, you know, said anything ungodly. He always walked in the Spirit some, sometimes. You know, he's just like us and just like we do. He, he's frustrated. And he expresses his frustration here. This is a very natural reaction. Now, I want to be clear. You shouldn't act on these feelings, but it's okay to pour them out to God. That's what he's doing. He's not acting on them. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. He's not sinning here. He's just pouring out how he feels to God. And it's okay when you're angry to tell God you're angry. When you're frustrated, to tell God you're frustrated. When you're hurt, to tell God you're hurt. It's, you know, be honest with God. He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. So we don't want to have this kind of phony prayer uh, that isn't true, where we tell, you know, we say the things we think God wants us to say in our prayer. You know, be honest, be real in your prayer when you talk to God. And if you're hurt by someone, say, God, I'm hurt. And I know you want me to forgive them, but I don't feel like forgiving them. Lord, I wish I wish that you would hurt them the way that they've hurt me. I wish you would smash their teeth in their mouth, because that's how I feel. Now, again, I'm not acting on those feelings, but I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord, and that's that's okay to be real with the Lord. The reason we want to be real with the Lord is because he's the potter. And we're the clay. And he's shaping us and molding us and conforming us into the image of Christ. And when Christ is on the cross, he he prays, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we want to get to that place, but we're not always at that place. And so the potter sometimes needs to work on the clay because we're marred. and, And we've got this this anger or we've got this resentment or we've got this hurt and the potter needs to work that out in us and so you know it's good to just walk in the light with those things with the lord so that he can work in us and change us and make us more like christ and i want you to notice here though it's important to notice here that god does not respond to jeremiah's outburst
2: he asked me how i Say, than the finest crystal.
0: That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we can be a part of it, and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I
2: recognize her.